Hello, friend. Welcome to the Whole Word Podcast. This is Pastor Pitts Evans. On this podcast, we read and discuss one chapter of God's Word per episode. Let's go now to the Bible and see what the Lord has for us today. 1 Thessalonians chapter 5. Now, brothers and sisters, about times and dates, we do not need to write you. For you know very well that the day of the Lord will come like a thief in the night. While people are saying peace and safety, destruction will come on them suddenly as labor pains on a pregnant woman, and they will not escape. But you, brothers and sisters, are not in darkness, so that this day should surprise you like a thief. You are all children of the light and children of the day. We do not belong to the night or to darkness. So then, let us not be like others who are asleep, but let us be awake and sober. For those who sleep, sleep at night, and those who get drunk, get drunk at night. But since we belong to the day, let us be sober, putting on faith and love as a breastplate, and the hope of salvation as a helmet. For God did not appoint us to suffer wrath, but to receive salvation through our Lord Jesus Christ. He died for us, so that whether we are awake or asleep, we may live together with Him. Therefore, encourage one another and build each other up, just as in fact you are doing. Now we ask you, brothers and sisters, to acknowledge those who work hard among you, who care for you in the Lord, and who admonish you. Hold them in the highest regard in love because of their work. Live in peace with each other. And we urge you, brothers and sisters, warn those who are idle and disruptive. Encourage the disheartened. Help the weak. Be patient with everyone. Make sure that nobody pays back wrong for wrong, but always strive to do what is good for each other and for everyone else. Rejoice always. Pray continually. Give thanks in all circumstances, for this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus. Do not quench the Spirit. Do not treat prophecies with contempt, but test them all. Hold on to what is good and reject every kind of evil. May God Himself, the God of peace, sanctify you through and through. May your whole spirit, soul, and body be kept blameless at the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. The one who calls you is faithful, and he will do it. Brothers and sisters, pray for us. Greet all of God's people with a holy kiss. I charge you before the Lord to have this letter read to all the brothers and sisters. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ be with you. Now, the day of the Lord is talked about extensively in this chapter. I just want to make an observation. You know, from time to time, people write books, people make speeches, people preach messages, and they predict the coming of the Lord specifically with a certain date. And the Bible over and over again says the day of the Lord, the return of the Lord, is is unknown. It's known only by the Father. Jesus says in one place that even he himself doesn't know the day of his return. It's up to his Father in heaven who will decide the day of his return. And yet men continue to make predictions. I am not one of those people. I had a teacher in Bible school before I went to seminary and went to Bible school. And one of my teachers was Dr. Michael Brown. And he had an interesting thing to say about those who predict dates for the Lord to return or dates about other things. He said that it's not biblical 
to predict these dates. However, if you insist on doing it, you better use a pencil because you're going to have to erase whatever date you predict. And I I think that is a true statement. It is not biblical. And um, to try and predict the date of the Lord's return is foolishness. It's contrary to the Word of God and the will of God. And I don't care what books are written or who the authority is to claim to know when Jesus is going to return. The Bible says nobody's going to know. However, the Bible does say that we'll be able to recognize the seasons, that we'll be able to see certain hallmarks that the return of the Lord is imminent or is is about to take place. So we read in verse 1, Now, brothers and sisters, about the times and the dates, we do not need to write you. For you know very well that the day of the Lord will come like a thief in the night. And this is uh, unexpected. The day of the Lord will come unexpected. No thief takes a, a billboard out and says, I'm coming on July the 4th at midnight. Therefore, you be ready for me. No, the return of the Lord is going to be unannounced and unexpected. Verse 3, while people are saying peace and safety, destruction will come on them suddenly as labor pains on a pregnant woman, and they will not escape. But you, brothers and sisters, are not in darkness, so that this day should surprise you like a thief. Now, to me, this is what that means. If you're in right relationship with the Lord, it will be a glorious day for you. If you're not in right relationship with the Lord, it's going to come on you as a a very dreaded day, and it'll be a terrible time. So although it'll be a surprise to a degree for believers, as I said, if they're in right relationship with the Lord, if they're looking for the return of the Lord, if they're vigilant and are ready uh, for Jesus to come at a moment's notice, they'll never be surprised because they're, they're not only looking for the Lord, they're praying for the Lord to return. They're ready. They're anxious for his return. And so that vigilance that we're to uh, exhibit in our walks with Christ results in us being prepared at all times. It would be impossible for the Lord to come in, at an inconvenient time for those who are consistent in their walk with Christ. I believe that's what the Scripture encourages us to be. Verse 5, You're all children of the light and children of the day. We do not belong to the night or to the darkness. So then, let us not be like others who are asleep. It's talking about spiritually asleep. Let us be awake and sober. For those who sleep, sleep at night. And those who get drunk, get drunk at night. And so we're not to be uh, like the world. This is what it's talking about. We're to be uh, spiritually alert and spiritually ready and spiritually focused on Christ and not on a drunkenness or other things of this world. You see, friends, Jesus died for us. He died for us so that we would live with him in eternity, but he died for us so that we would live with him now. In verse 10, we read, he died for us so that whether we are awake or asleep, we may live together with him. Therefore, encourage one another and build each other up, just as in fact you're doing. And so this awake or asleep is talking about natural sleep, but it's also talking about the sleep of death. It's talking about the days of our lives or the days after our death. We're to live together with Jesus Christ. And so how should we live? Verse 15, make sure nobody pays back wrong for wrong. And so you're not, as a believer, the Bible says vengeance belongs to the Lord. The Bible says love those who treat you improperly. We're not to respond tit for tat, wrong for wrong. It goes on, Paul writes, always strive to do what is good for each other and for everyone else. And so we should be known as congenial people that are concerned about others, that we are helpful, we're trying to do what's good for other people. 
whether believers or not, but especially for other believers, we need to be not just courteous, but concerned and helpful. Verse 16, rejoice always. This is a hallmark of a true Christian. They are rejoicing. They are um, not in a silly way. Uh, I know the Bible says that there's a time to grieve. And of course, you don't pretend like everything's fine when you're hurting. You've lost a loved one. You, you grieve. But rejoice always in as much as your relationship with Christ is where your hope is. Paul writes, pray continually. Give thanks in all circumstances, for this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus. Now, this give thanks in all circumstances, this doesn't mean give thanks for every little individual negative thing that happens in your life, but overall, you're to live a life of thanksgiving, that the Lord works all things together for the good of those who love Christ. Not some individual things, but all things together work together for those who love the Lord. And so we're to give thanks that God is uh, in control of our lives, that God loves us, that God is with us, that Jesus never leaves us or forsakes us. Paul writes, do not quench the Spirit. Now, this is talking about the Holy Spirit. Friends, if Paul writes, do not quench the Holy Spirit, it's possible to quench the Holy Spirit. What do I mean by that? Well, the term quench is a term that you use concerning a fire. Often the Holy Spirit is compared to fire, it's compared to water, compared to wind. But this analogy of quenching the Spirit is like putting out a fire. And so the zeal of the Holy Spirit, the inspiration of the Holy Spirit, the passion of the Holy Spirit in our lives, the leading of the Holy Spirit can be quenched. It can be resisted. It can be put out. We're not to do that. We're to cooperate with the Holy Spirit. He's in charge of leading us. He's the one that prepares us as the bride of Christ. He's the one that's shaping us and molding us for eternity and teaching us about the things that come ahead or that are ahead of us in in, uh, uh, the future lives we'll have together with Christ. Not just here and now, but what comes next. Paul writes, do not treat prophecies with contempt, but test them. And so um, when you receive a prophecy from someone, whether it's reading a scripture uh, prophecy or whether you hear a prophecy that's given publicly, the Bible says to hold on to what's good, to test them and to hold on to what's good and reject every kind of evil. So if the prophetic word is not good, if it's evil, if it's false, don't hold on to it. You test them. You reject what's not of God and you hold on to what's good. Paul says specifically, do not treat prophecies with contempt. Some people do. Both biblical prophecies and individual prophecies that are extended, they treat with contempt. The Bible says specifically, don't do that. Do what's right, and God will prepare you for the life you want to spend with him. Verse 23, Paul writes, may God himself, the God of peace, sanctify you through and through. May your whole spirit, soul, and body be kept blameless At the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ, the one who calls you is faithful and he will do it. And so, Father, I pray that along with Paul. Lord, I pray that you would sanctify each of us through and through. Lord, may our spirit, soul, and body be kept blameless until the coming of the Lord Jesus Christ. Lord, you are faithful, and we know that you will finish the good work that you've started in us. I ask you, Lord, that we would be vigilant and ready. Lord, we would be spiritually sober and awake, pursuing the things of God. Lord, uh, it's interesting to wonder when you'll return, but may we be desiring your return and ready for your return at whatever day and hour you choose to return. 
And God, if we would precede uh, you in death before you return to this planet, may we find you in the fullness of time pleased with the life that we've lived. We ask these things, Lord, in your name, Jesus. Amen. Thank you for listening to this episode of The Whole Word. It was brought to you by Whole Word Fellowship and the Northern Virginia House of Prayer. If you were encouraged, please share our podcast with your friends. We'd also appreciate it if you'd hit subscribe in your favorite podcast app and take a few moments to write a review. If you'd like more information on our church and our ministry, you can go to wholeword.net or wholewordpodcast.com for more information. Thank you again, and may the Lord Jesus bless you today and always.